All right, we're back. Oh, my God. Yeah, you're left. Still up. I thought you'd be in Twilight bed. Zone. Oh, yeah, buddy. This is you rack. caught me. You caught me. Yeah. I was heading uh, towards the see. old sack. <laughs> oh, I know. I know where you were at it. You got in my head. You were like, you got Donald McGregor tomorrow? You better do good. I was like, oh, my God. I better prep for <laughs> And I fired up the old Twitter machine. And what do I see? Yeah. The Leafs are yep. starting to make progress here. She's starting to rock and roll. All of a sudden, boom, it's done within the matter of minutes after the show. Of course, the way she always goes. Couldn't break while we were live. Breaks right after. The Leafs mm-hmm. acquire Ducks defenseman and former Toronto Maple Leaf, the Russian Bear, Ilya Labushkin, uh, for a third-round pick. And the Carolina Hurricanes receive a sixth-round pick from the Leafs because they broker this deal in order to make it so that it's double retention where Toronto is getting Ilya Labushkin for under $700,000. Again, he's a right-shot defenseman. He's a guy that Toronto fans should be familiar with. He's a butcher in the corners. He'll lay a heavy hit. He can actually snap a pass. He's going to get dusted in transition. It's not a perfect fit, but it's a pretty cheap fit. And I got to say, I'm giving this one a solid A-minus for old Brad. I love this trade. A- How are you feeling about a- it? A-minus. Hey, like, I, love I it. don't know. I think it's fine. I think it's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm not like going to do somersaults about it. I think he, I love it. What you, oh, you love that. I don't love it. Or you love the trade. No, I just love this trade because it's exactly what I wanted. Like don't get Tanev for a first go mm-hmm. out and get an obviously not Tanev, but to me, the, the, the drop off here is far not from Tanev. Tar from far from Tanev. Yeah. Okay. Very far. Like a okay. different, different it's league. I like a different league. What are you crazy? Like Chris no, Tanev, the 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 slander towards Chris Tanev over the past, like it's insane yeah. they didn't get a first round pick for him. Like that is truly awful asset management by Craig Conroy. Like he is a top four legit, excellent defenseman. He is. <laughs> he is. I know, we turned it right into Tanev. No, I know. Here's, but here's I, it's. I guess it's fine. I think yeah. he's been pretty dreadful since he's played for the Ducks. But like you said when we were talking before it's really hard to evaluate guys that play for really crappy teams. And mm-hmm. he was playing for a really crappy team when he came over from uh, Arizona, right? That's where they traded for him with the Nick Ritchie thing. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah right. Arizona. Yeah, Nick Ritchie. And, it was Nick Ritchie, a second round pick for Labushkin. And I, I remember having the conversations about him, like them wanting to resign him when he was with the state, when they went to the Sabres and like generally liking him. But I, I do remember him having some struggles in the playoffs or whatever, but this is a new year. I don't know what he's looking like. Maybe not so good in transition, like you said, but definitely a need on the team, a right-hand shot guy who hits guys hard. But like, if he's your guy playing with Morgan Riley, you're, you're in big trouble. And they, they didn't really address that. Like, is he going to start with Morgan Riley right away? Is that what they're going to do with him? Because I think mm-hmm. that was a big conversation when he came in from Arizona they're like, well, you know, I don't, he's just going to be a depth guy. And then he all of a sudden was on the top pairing with Morgan Riley. And I'm not sure if they're thinking he's Luke Shen 2.0 or whatever it is. But yeah, like I, I hope his role isn't like a huge one. I think he's a good depth guy and I hope there's more to come. And they're spending 600K on him. But, you know, third round picks, not can nothing, bud. Can I, can I go on a rant? Sure. I like how you want to give up the first year. Now you're like a third round picks, not nothing. Here's, here's, here's my, here's my strong case for, and why I'm giving this an A minus. Okay. Uh, first of all, the Leafs needed this type of player badly. They needed a guy who not only can play physically, but who can also kill penalties and shoots on the right side just for the flexibility. You saw what happens with this team right now is 
Connor Timmons has mono, and I actually think that he was okay this year. He's not someone that you really want to see in the playoffs. I think you and I have called him blue line Galchenyuk before, and I think that that's kind of like a fair-ish description of who he's been. Um, they lost Timothy Lilligren, and immediately the pairings go into a position where you just don't have any bodies. Mark Giordano just went down hurt, and now you're looking at it and going, man, who the, who the hell is going to play for the Maple Leafs? You have something in Benoit McCabe. You have something potentially in Lilligren and Brody. Go and take us a flyer and see if you can do exactly what you did last year in trading a third-round pick for a new Luke Shen. Does he have the same track record as Luke Shen in terms of Stanley Cup success, playoff no. success, teammate success? No, but if you look at where Luke Shen was in his career last season, it was he was not viewed upon as a guy that was going to step in and be an impact player for the Leafs. I agree with you. I'm not looking at Ilya Labushkin as a savior type player. I don't think that he's as good as Chris Tanev. But what I do think is the same thing remains true. You have completely kept your powder dry and added something that you needed. You needed depth. You needed a right shot. You needed a little snarl. It's a guy who's comfortable with the market and who understands what the pressure is going to be here. Like you already know that he can fit in with Toronto. Mm -hmm. And again, now with this cap space retention, like, Chris Tanev makes four and a half million dollars. You bring mm -hmm. him in and you're not going to be able to make other moves, especially since you used your first round pick because that was, again, the price to acquire. Now with Ilya Labushkin, you've essentially given up kind of nothing in the grand scheme of things. Like the Leafs uh, giving up a depth pick in a draft. Yeah, you're right. A third round pick isn't quote unquote nothing. Sure, fine. I'll hear that argument. Mm -hmm. But if we're going to be saying a first round pick for Tanev, and then that's your only move that you can make versus going out and grabbing a need for a cheap pick and, and a sixth again, which you, you have those depth picks in abundance, those lottery tickets in abundance. Mm. I, I love it for this team. I, I just think that there's so many elements of it. The no salary, he's got another year of control, by the way. So it's like, he's going to add to your depth, not just this year, but next year as well. I think that's right. I think he just signed a two-year deal with the Ducks. I might have that one wrong. I thought he signed pretty... a two-year deal with the Sabres, didn't he? And then he got traded there. Am I mistaken? I think Maybe he's I'm a wrong. UFA. I think he's a so UFA. He's a UFA? Okay, I'm not either 100%. way. I'm looking you're it up paying, right now. You're paying pennies on the dollar for this guy this season. It totally leaves the, the, the move to go out and get somebody else. And you added something that you desperately needed. So I, I'm, I'm thrilled with the move for Tree Living. I think it's a huge win for him. Okay. I, uh, yeah, it was a two year, oh, two year deal with the Ducks. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. So, um, I was just pulling up his cap friendly page here. So, yeah, they're, I mean, they're paying below league, uh, average you know, or the, the, like the league minimum to get him. Mm -hmm. So, that's no, but he is a, no, he's a UFA. This is last year. So, this is, so he signed with the Ducks last year. Yeah. He is a, uh, he is a UFA after this season. Right. So no, Joe has butchered this badly. It's you're right. It was you were right all along. Okay. He signed it with the Sabers, and the Ducks took okay. it. It was the two year deal with the Sabers. Thank you. Yeah. All I, right, we got. It. I just you know, ultimately, it, like how much better is the least blue line right now? I think better because of the like I said, you. I don't think that this one of the biggest things that I think they learned over that stretch without Morgan Riley is mm -hmm. that they didn't. The one thing they could not have is playing Brody on his left side anymore. This is a preventative measure from making Sheldon Keefe go back to old faithful of those two guys playing together, which has not worked, continues to not work, and has resulted in dash whatever over the last two games that they've gone out and tried it. It's a penalty killer that has proven that he can do that for a penalty kill that has been dreadful. 
and it allows you to have balance to your lineup. No, he's not Chris Pronger. Like, I don't think Labushkin is going to be coming in here and taking the Leafs on a Stanley Cup run, and we're going to be building statues for the guy. That's mm-hmm. the thing. I, I don't, I never looked at this trade class as something awesome. To me, I've told you, my position is if you're the Leafs and you're using the top of your tier assets in which you have a limited supply of, yeah. you've got to use those assets for things that are going to be of consequence and that you know are going to be a part of your organization moving forward. Short of that, if you're going to be playing the rental game, then I'd rather try to nickel and dime a couple of teams and get the Labushkin types rather than pay premium prices mm. for assets that I do not think are more <laughs> actually good, good players. <laughs> I think Tanev's really good. I'm not Tanev's as really big, good. I'm not as big of a Tanev guy as you. And I got to oh, tell you, him. buddy, I, I I probably watched more Calgary Flames games Me than too. anything else over the last month Watch and a half. T- they're on TV all the time. Hannafin nonstop, and it's just like. He's a good player. I, I don't think that he was – I don't think he or Ilya Labushkin were guys that were going to materially change the Leaf Stanley Cup run. For, like a, a huge difference between the two of them. One guy's clearly better. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't – for the price, I love the price for the Leafs. I think it's a really quality move. It's a good depth move. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I, you, when you go into a depth move, you think more of like a fourth or a fifth round pick or whatever. Three seems high to me, but – it's a need. They need a they need a, a right shot guy. But I just to me, it's like he's obviously going to be playing on the top pair, right? Which to me is something that's a bit of a problem. Like they they added a right hand shot guy, like you said, to get Brody away from Riley, which we want. I clearly understand that part of it. That's not something that you want to do. But just to me, having him there as your top pair. I don't think that's necessarily a great thing. Like they're going to play together, right? Like I know I brought that up with you before, but I just want to confirm it. Like yeah, they're going to play together. That, well, first we'll, we'll see what they end up doing, yeah. but I would imagine that the pairings as of, you know, Saturday night, if they were fully healthy would be Riley Labushkin. They would mm-hmm. be Brody and Lilligren and uh, Benny the Butcher with McCabe. Okay. And to me, it's like that just, the way of looking at it through the lens of the Leafs, we're going to have this top pairing and it's the Morgan Riley top pairing, top pairing. Mm-hmm. It's just, to, uh, in my opinion, that's the wrong way of looking at this. I think the way the Leafs are assessing their group mm-hmm. is we're going to have three pairings that are all going to be able to eat up some minutes and they're all going to have different roles and we're not going to try to stretch it too thin with any of them. Like we'll try to find the odd extra shift for Morgan Riley if we're down a goal. We'll probably go with a more defensive unit if you know we feel like we're protecting one but this is just to me about depth and then if things change if you know something does come up where there is another defenseman that actually does fit that bill mm-hmm. you don't care about kicking Ilya Labushkin down the lineup or having yeah. him be a depth guy he he assumes the same role that Luke Shen did last year at the deadline which is if you're sitting in the press box no big deal to me yeah and then if we remember we said that that was like our favorite take and then he was like the best defenseman they had yeah <laughs> but I, I i don't envision that necessarily with him it's just to me that like i really hope yeah i assume Mm -hmm. that there's more to come right i think if there's more to come it might come up front Uh, like if this is your only if this is your only move on the back end Mm -hmm. i mean you just basically just might as well set a third round pick on fire because you're not winning anything with this you're not you're not this does not make you way better there's just no, there's like, this isn't a, this isn't, doesn't move the needle for me. So I would like this if they add something else on the back end where they can mix him in and out. I don't know what other right hand shot guys are out there. 
we've talked about this at nauseum, the different guys, if they add another one of these guys, maybe, but to me, like, you know, it's just, I'm a little, I'm a little so-so on this, but I was sorry. Finish your thought. No, 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 go ahead. If this was the land of, there were a bunch of right-hand shot defensemen out there that made sense. Yeah. I would be looking at it and going, Hey, this isn't enough. And they really need to be more aggressive to me. Anyways, I've just been of the mind that this Leafs team, it's it's on the group as currently constituted. Mm-hmm. I don't really believe in building teams at deadlines. I think that the Leafs had one of their best deadlines ever. Like not since 2000, what was it, three when they, no, five, when they added Gilmore uh-huh. and Housley and like they just Housley. went all in. They grabbed everybody, right? And they grabbed Owen Nolan. Ron no, Francis. Was, no, Ron Francis. They got at the deadline that one year. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, that's 03, though, is when yeah. they got all those guys, I'm pretty sure. But I, I, I just, all the same. I don't think that that's an awesome team building thing. Do I think that trade deadline acquisitions can help you win a Stanley Cup? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a long list, though, of, hey, this team went out and got this impact player that really just changed the course of their season, and we all looked at it and said, wow, this is the deadline? It's like, no. I, no, but that's it. You got to think about it because, for the most part, guys, Hosa, at the guys at the deadline get way too much for rental prices in terms of the actual asset price. Sometimes I even, as a Leaf fan, someone who roots for a team that's competitive, get a little envious of some of these teams that just completely get to stockpile draft picks and pick apart the bones from teams that are desperate to win. Like, yeah, you know, this is a perfect example. Monaghan has been amazing for Winnipeg so far. They're not regretting trading that pick at all. But it's got to be pretty nice getting a first-round pick for Sean Monaghan, considering what you thought he was going to be as a player. And considering that they also gave up like they they yeah. gave up the first uh the the general manager that made this very trade uh gave up the first to get rid of the contract to Montreal so they got a first round pick for that one and then they got a yeah. first so they got two first round picks out of Sean Monahan for the Habs so that was uh, a really good piece of business for the for the Montreal Canadiens there but yeah, yeah like i i don't want to totally paint myself into the corner of hating Ilya Labushkin i got a pretty good idea of what he has uh, no, I'm just saying, like, I do. I have a pretty good idea of his game. Like, I, I feel like I know who he is. Like, it's a, it's not like a, a great unknown coming in here. But I just don't think that Ilya Labushkin should be playing with Morgan Riley on the top pair, and it feels like that's what's going to be happening. It's, it's one of those weird things where it's like you keep calling it the top pair, but yeah, there's no, but there's no reality, Sammy, that this is going to be like you know Scott Niedermeyer and Chris Pronger, and they're eating half the the hockey game. Like that's not what they're looking for here. No, but they're going to go back to Riley. They're going to go back to Riley and Brody when push comes to shove, and that's going to be a disaster in the playoffs. That's what's no, definitely it's going to happen. I like, don't that, think that either. I well, think that what they're looking for is just mm-hmm. a little bit more balance on the blue line. Mm-hmm. They believe in some of the talent that's there. I think that one of the things they learned again is that Brody is still a very good player so long as he can play his left side. They're a flawed blue line. Find me the team that's in the salary cap era right now that doesn't have flaws. Go through it. Everybody in the NHL has flaws. The, t- the team you and I like the most, the Florida Panthers. And then, like, like I think you and I both agree that they're, like, the scariest team to the Leafs, right? Like, you just we, you just said it when you watched the Abs. You didn't like their forward group, right? Mm-hmm. You just watched Vegas. They might not get Mark Stone back. They look really thin up front. The Edmonton mm-hmm. Oilers have not, ever since they faced their cupcake schedule, they haven't looked very good. They're scrapping and clawing to beat bad teams. They can't get a save. Like um, the Boston Bruins, their middle six looks pretty crap. And they don't look like an they don't look like a juggernaut in any given night. The Outs- Leafs have flaws. But outside of flaws- outside of those groups that you named, outside of the Oilers, the the common thread amongst all those teams is really good decors, right? 
like the the Vegas Golden Knights have maybe the best decor in the league. You talk about you talk about uh, who else did you mention there? Florida has an excellent decor full of guys that are you know studs, mean guys. Uh, mm. You know, think about Dallas who just adds Tanev. Their decor is stacked. Like you know, Boston has a great decor. That's the strength of their team. Like that's we always see it every year in the playoffs. It's like you have a good decor, and that's the biggest difference. That's what's happened with the Leafs. They've gotten shut down by good decors multiple times in multiple playoffs. Like I just, you're right. There wasn't a guy out there other than you know my my beloved Chris Tanev that was gonna to help them I out. I want to write sonnets for this guy. I will. I will. I'll. 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 You know. I'll. I'll. Uh, what was I gonna say? I'll brush his hair. I'll brush his beautiful long hair if he wants. Um. I just. I. I guess they're right that there's no one out there that's going to make this. I just don't think this decor is good enough. And maybe there was, maybe that's a flaw in the off season and it's not the trade deadline. So maybe I'm projecting that a little bit, but I just look at these other teams with the D with the, with their decors. And I'm like, God, you know, you know, a Stanley cup winning team's not going to have this guy playing top four minutes or top six minutes. I, I just have a hard time believing it, but they needed a right-hand shot defenseman. I hope he can come in here and regain a little bit of what he had when he was here because he was a fan favorite hammering guys, killing penalties, and he's mm -hmm. getting paid, you know, he's getting paid what, uh, under, under 750, but I just, you know, it's a little rich third round pick for a guy <laughs> who's really struggling is a, it's a, it's a little rich. He, again, it's a third round pick yeah. because it's double retention and he's going to be making 600 K like they, a little they over paid, and they paid the sixth to Carolina to do it. Right. That's the second part of the retention. Yeah, That's the classic, double retention. classic dork team. Carolina being like, we'll take it on. We'll take a six-round pick to help our competitor win. Um, <laughs> to me, Classic. this is a guy who, when when they're making this trade, when they're doing this deal, again, you're bringing him in so cheap that it allows you to maintain the flexibility should something else come along. Mm -hmm. Like, it doesn't change that whatsoever if it's there. If there were other guys, I'd be looking at it and I'd be saying it differently. But for a team with limited resources and a very limited trade market yeah. and not a lot of impact players, I just don't mind them saying, you know, what can we get out of our group if there's just a little bit more balance? There's a guy who can step in here and who can kill some penalties. And now you've got a little bit more depth on your blue line where one injury doesn't remove you from being completely left shot. Um, like, I, I just, I think that this is a good move for the Leafs. I really believe in improvement. And I, like, there was no way for them to make their blue line into what you're hoping it to be. No. But I would contend that, in, and I believe this in my heart of hearts, that the Leafs blue line is going to be better and look better on balance with just having three pairings that make more sense than a bunch of mismatched left-handed shot guys that uh, don't have any chemistry together or are not able to break a puck out. Like, Labushkin can do that. He can actually break a puck out. He just sucks in transition, and mm -hmm. he scores nothing. Like, he gives you... Zero. He gives you no offense. He's not going to ever put a puck in the net. It's not going to happen. Who cares? People well, know him. They know the drill. Here's what I'll say about sort of reclamation project defensive defensemen. We're mm -hmm. talking about how one of the more fan favorites in the last, you know, two months has been Simone Benoit, who was a guy that was unplayable on the Ducks and got non-tendered by the Ducks. And he comes to a good situation playing with the right guy and it kind of takes off. So that's part of it where it's like, if you want a positive spin from me, that maybe they, they figure it out on that end. So I could see that. And like, you know, one, he nails one guy and I'm going to be like, Oh my God, I love the, I love the Russian bear. The Russian bear is back. Like I get all that. I just a little hesitant. That's, that's my final sort of thought on it. It's just a little hesitant about it. I, and I don't want to be like, oh, Mister Negative. They made a trade. They made, they 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 addressed what they did. I just I'm not I'm not. I pardon. It's too late, baby. I, I just heard. I don't love it. I don't love it. I don't love it. 
I don't, I don't think it. it's a trade that's meant to be loved. I well, you like loved. It more. You gave it an A minus. You loved it. No, but because it it fits my eye in terms of where they were at more. Like I mm -hmm. again, I completely understand your position and the position of those people that I'm sure in the chat and listening to this on yeah. posting on Twitter and going, "You're nuts. Yeah. Why are you so gassed up about this guy?" Yeah. It's not necessarily about the player. It's about the philosophy of. To me, they just needed a little bit more balance on the blue line as a baseline. I love the idea that they brought someone in and made sure that they didn't just go out and trade for a guy that made a little bit too much money that would complicate things moving forward or that they gave up an asset that was a little bit yeah. pricier. And like, I just, I don't like the market. I, I, I don't yeah. like them at all. I've in years past, I've said, yeah, go out and get this guy, go out and do that rental. That wasn't me this year. Like I liked the Felino trade. I was on record of yeah. saying I liked it. It backfired. Too. And you know what? I'm going to mention that too, as my kind of final point to this thing. Cause I think that, you know, we've probably yeah. gone as far as we can go yeah. on this. You know, a lot of Leaf fans, look at these deadlines and they always go, okay, but you're trading the asset, but then maybe the guy resigns. So far, the Leafs traded seconds for Mark Giordano and he came back on the cheap, but they traded a first for Felino. They thought that he was going to come back on the cheap. Guess what? Felino came on my show, told me flat out, the Leafs lowballed me. I was insulted and it, it motivated me to go to Boston. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't work that way always. Guess who mm -hmm. else? Luke Shen. Oh, he'll be back. He's going to be a Leaf. They'll give him a contract. All of a sudden, a team like Nashville says, actually, we'll give you 275. Look, they probably thought they were going to keep Labushkin. And, yeah. you know, if Labushkin would have been a $1.25 million player, he's probably still on this blue line. But the Sabres mm -hmm. came over the top and gave him 27 and he left. And mm -hmm. same thing with like the Chris Tanovs of the worlds of the other guys. It's like if Chris Tanov comes on the Leafs and goes on a good, uh, good cup run, you're going to want to have to pay the guy who's going to be 35 years old, you know, potentially $5 million. I, yeah. It seems a little steep for me. It seems a little risky for me. I don't think he was taking a hometown discount from what I've been told. I don't think that was the case. Yeah. I'm just saying that to me, this is like as low risk, like has some upside, keeps the powder dry, doesn't make you committed to anything long-term or even short-term because of the assets. Yeah. It's a really good move philosophically for me, for okay. the Leafs. So this is the fun part about this is, is that, you know, the people, I, I haven't really looked at the Twitter reaction to this, but if you're a Dubasite, if you're a Dubasite, it's like he traded for him too, bud. So yeah. you know, it's like this is like <laughs> Treliving and Dubas both yeah. traded for this guy. All right, let's wrap the sucker up. Uh, thanks for listening. Subscribe to the podcast. I, I already pleaded for everybody to do this tonight, so I'm not going to do it again. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And we'll see you Saturday night. <laughs>